We are on Ksubis Mem Vav Amabez 46b towards the top of the page, and we are beginning a new Mishnah. This Mishnah is really viewed by uh, many as the beginning of the second half of the Masechta, the second half of the tractate, as we sort of shift gears a little bit in terms of our discussion. And the primary focus, obviously there are many tangents that we will discuss along the way, uh, but the primary focus will be about the different obligations that exist uh, between a father and his daughter, let's say, or between a husband and a wife, and the different requirements and, and obligations that they have towards each other, and the ksuba. Um, so uh, a lot of that will be discussed uh, over the second half of ksubis as we head into Manvav uh, Bay's 46b here, beginning with this Mishnah. Okay, the Mishnah now d- discusses, in the beginning of the Mishnah, uh, the jurisdiction that a father has over his daughter, who is a Kitana or Na'ara. Uh, Kitana is a girl between the ages of when she's born until 12, and a Na'ara is a girl between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half. Uh, for the purposes of our Mishnah, it's uh, really until 12 and a half, they're, they're is limited distinction between the two with regards to the cases in our Mishnah. And uh, the Mishnah will discuss what type of jurisdiction the father has over his daughter who is a minor. So, Av Zakai Bibito, what is he allowed? What jurisdiction does he have? Bikidusheha Bikesef Bishtar The first one on the list is that he has uh, the right to marry off his daughter who is a minor. Now, Tosvos, one of the classic commentators elsewhere, points out that uh, the Torah was written uh, for all generations, and it was common uh, in many in many societies at many times that girls would get married at very, and boys would get married at a very young age. They would get married at uh, 14, 15 years old. And so the Torah wanted to protect uh, the daughter. This is, Tosas points out that this was all to protect the girl, uh, to make sure that uh, she married she, that she's has somebody to marry, um, and that the father is able to find a good chidduch, a good a prospect for his daughter. And so, uh, it would only be a few years earlier uh, in those in those societies uh, where they would get married at a young age, anyways, uh, at a, in their teenage years. Uh, so then, to get married at the age of eleven or twelve uh, was not unheard of. It wasn't unheard of. The rabbis say today that. Uh, uh, nobody should do this. This would be viewed as wicked um, and terrible thing to do. Uh, but this is referring to, in those days, uh, something which was more common. And so the father has the jurisdiction over his daughter, and they he could he could uh, accept the kiddushin. Again, the kiddushin, there are two steps to the marriage process. There is the first step, which is the um, uh, the giving of the ring, which is what we do today. Uh, which is referred to as kesef, just any monetary value really, but today the custom is to give a ring, and that's the first stage in the marriage process. During the times of the Talmud, the, the Gemara, there'd be a year gap till the Nisuin. The Nisuin is the completion of that. During that year, they're not living with each other. They are, She's still living with her, her family, he's living with his family. Um, and uh, by the Nisuin, by the Chuppah, the concept of the Chuppah, that's when they live together. So there would be a year apart. Today, it takes about five minutes. In between, we have the giving of the ring and then the chuppah all at the same time. 
Uh, but what we are referring to here is the first stage. Uh, the first stage is the actual uh, action which takes place, which uh, begins this relationship. The chuppah is really just the end. It's the end. Uh, it's not even an action, really. It's just being under one roof, uh, as symbolizing the fact that they are now going to be living together. So the father is, is able to uh, accept uh, the marriage for his daughter, who is a minor. There are three ways in which a person could marry, have this first stage of marriage, of Kiddushin, of this first stage where they're not living with each other, uh, but they begin this relationship. It's like a halachic engagement. One way, as we pointed out before, is uh, with money, bekasef, uh, and uh, today we give a ring. There are two other ways, bishtar, another way is with a document, not as romantic, but it's with a document, uh, a marriage document. And the third way is babia. The third way is by having sexual relations. Again, this is not, they're not allowed to have sexual relations afterwards. But this is just, it's, it's, it's an action uh, which shows that they are beginning this relationship. And then they have, in the times of the Gemara, they have to wait a year till they actually fully are fully married. And then they are living with each other um, completely. Uh, but this is just an action which takes place, the sexual act, uh, to show that they have entered into this stage in the relationship. So for all three of these things, the father uh, has jurisdiction and could say that uh, this such and such a person will get married to my daughter in any one of these three ways, whether it's through money, whether it's through a document, or whether it's through sexual relations. What else uh, does the father have? He also, for his girl who's a, a minor, um, uh, has rights to anything she finds on the street. He has rights to any money she makes. If you were to make money by working, again, uh, in certain societies, they worked uh, at a much younger age, and minors uh, did work. And so any money she made would go to her father, to the family. Now there's a discussion amongst uh, the commentators. Uh, does that mean that the father has the right to work his daughter and to say, this is what you have to do? Or according to some, it does no, the father doesn't have the right to do that. But if she cho- so chooses to work, so then the money would be given back to the father. Uh, there's also a discussion, what happens if she receives a matana, uh, which is not found in the Mishnah? What happens if she receives a present, a gift from somebody else? Does that go to the father, or is she allowed to keep it for herself? Because that's designated as a gift for her. Uh, does that go back to the father or not? Again, we're talking about a case where she is a minor. Um, again, we're talking about from a halachic legal perspective. Um, if she receives something, so then the father has the right to, to 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 say, okay, you could keep it. He would be allowed to say that, that you could keep it if it's something which is for her. The next next case on the list is that if as a girl, under if she's, uh, let's say, around 12 years old, so then uh, she's allowed to make oaths uh, and promises, and so the father has the right to annul them. That's another, um, another part of the jurisdiction of the father over his daughter who's a minor. And the last one is Makabalis Gita, He's able to accept the divorce document. Let's say he married off his daughter, so then he's able to accept the divorce document um, in case of a divorce. However, the one thing that's mentioned in the mission that he doesn't have, which we'll see that the husband does have, is uh, However, let's say she receives uh, an inheritance. Let's say she receives a certain estate land um, as an inheritance from her mother, assuming, let's say, the cases where uh, they were divorced. Um, and so therefore she inherits from her mother and it doesn't go to her father. Uh, so then the father doesn't have any rights to eat or, or to use anything that she received from that inheritance, which is different than the next case. 
Again, those, those are the cases of the father. So essentially, just a quick review, is that the father has rights to marry her off, uh, to anything she finds, to her work. We're not sure about any presents she receives. That, that's a dispute. Uh, to annul her vows, to accept the divorce document. All of that, the father has certain jurisdiction over his daughter, who's a minor. Um, however, he cannot use anything that she receives from inheritance. But Anises, if she gets married... So then it comes when it comes to a marriage um, and uh, she's completely married to her husband, so then, uh, so then, yeser alav habal she'ocha peres bechayeha. So then the husband has um, everything that we mentioned in the list until now. He has uh, his rights over that it goes anything she finds or she makes in terms of uh, a job. Um, it, uh, it goes to the family, to, to the husband. Uh, he has the right to annul her vows. Um, but beyond that also, the, the husband has the right to uh, use anything if she makes uh, if she receives land as inheritance from her family. So then the husband has the right to, uh, it's not his, but he has the right to use it. He has the right to use it. Um, so that's an additional element for, that applies to the husband. Okay, that's all in terms of what the father would receive, let's say, the jurisdiction the father has over his daughter who's a minor, or a husband towards vis-a-vis his wife. Now the mission continues to discuss the obligations that a husband has towards his wife. And now this is not, uh, it's not only this, we'll see. A husband is obligated to uh, to feed his wife. He has to provide for his wife, um, number one. Number two is that in case, in a situation where she's taken into ca- captivity, God forbid, so then the husband has an obligation to redeem her, to spend the money and to find the money to redeem her. And he has an obligation when she passes away to bury her. Now, there are other obligations as well that the husband has that's not mentioned in this list. Uh, there are other obligations. So, for example, he has the obligation to uh, provide so that she has enough clothing to wear. Um, and also that they, what we refer to as ona, that they spend time together. The husband has that obligation to spend time together. Uh, more specifically in, in terms of having sexual relations, but also to spend time together. In general, that's an obligation that is placed upon the husband. Not not really the wife, but it's placed upon the husband. Um, and so this is a limited list of the obligations. As we go through the Masechta, as we go through the tractate, we'll see the other various obligations. This Now, the last line of this Mishnah is, Rabbi Huda Omer, Rabbi Huda says that how much do you need in terms of burial? It's not just the burial itself, but it's also the process of the burial uh, of, uh, of the flutes and... Um, having somebody that you would have somebody who would uh, who who would cry and and eulogize, uh, give a eulogy for the deceased, and so he has to provide uh, the minimal amount for that as well. Uh, that's all part of the the burial obligation. Okay, so that is the end of the Mishnah. The Mishnah essentially has two parts. The first part discusses the the father's jurisdiction over his daughter who's a minor, and we discuss the the different elements within that. And then the second part is about uh, the husband's jurisdiction over his wife uh, and what he receives from his wife, but also the obligations that the, that the husband has towards his wife as well, that he has various obligations. And so that's the end of the Mishnah. The Gemara will now comment and discuss uh, all of these cases, uh, but for now we will only discuss really basically the first one. The first one is about the fact that the father has, um, has jurisdiction over his daughter who's a minor to marry her off. He can marry her off as a minor, um, and they could accept it either with he could accept it either with money. There could be a document, a marriage document, or he could 
approve of them having sexual relations for the sake of beginning this first stage of the marriage, this kiddushin, this first stage of the marriage where they then would, in the days of the Talmud, would have to wait a year till they complete the marriage where they can live together. But the Gemara wants to know, what's the source for this? How do we know that the father would, uh, number one, receive the money, he's able to accept the money and he, he keeps the money, um, and number two is that he has jurisdiction over this. So, Amr Review, Amr Kra Review, it says, it's based on the following verse. There are two times where situations where a girl who is a minor leaves her quote-unquote master. Um, and one case is the case of Amma Ivriya where she is essentially sold into uh, slavery. Uh, it's not really slavery. It's uh, She works for him, for, for, the, for the master, but it's not, it's not the type of slavery that, we get, that we're thinking of. Um, and she's working for him, and she goes free. When she goes free, uh, the Torah tells us that this master doesn't receive anything. And the Torah says that they expound upon this, but she doesn't receive anything when she leaves that master. But when she leaves her father, so then she does receive, then something is received. What is that referring to? Uh, it's referring to when she gets married. When she leaves her father and enters into marriage as a minor, so then something is received. Um, the question is, why does it go to the... Fine, so there, there's money that's available. But why, did, why does it go to the father? Why doesn't it go to the girl herself? She's the one that's getting married. So the Gemara asks, Let it go to her herself. Why does it go to the father? So the Gemara explains, Basically, we have another verse. The Pasuk tells us that the father has jurisdiction. He has the right to marry off his daughter. If he has the right to marry off his daughter, so then obviously he will be the one who receives the payment, the money, in this case of Kiddushin, uh, this first stage of marriage, he would be the one who receives the money. Uh, and that's that's essentially what the Gemara concludes, uh, as of now, we'll see one question, one remaining question, but that's what the Gemara concludes. Essentially, this is the source. This is the source to the fact that uh, the father um, receives the money is because there's a verse that says, the Torah tells us that uh, he has, as beating essentially says that he has jurisdiction over marrying off his daughter. If he's marrying off his daughter, so then uh, he could also receive the payment. Uh, of the Kiddushin, that first stage of marriage, it, be, it, it belongs to him. The Gemara now asks, okay, fine, our entire discussion, Ema, that we've had from the beginning of the Gemara, Ema hani mili ketana de layad, avonara dislayad, kaspa. I understand if she's under the age of 12. Under the age of 12, she has no control, she cannot perform any transactions, the money goes to the father. But, and, and he's in control of it. But if, uh, if she's a Nara, if she's between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, and in Jewish law, above the age of 12 for a girl, she's now viewed as an adult, and she can perform transactions. For a boy, it's 13. Uh, so then, why don't we say that she's able to marry herself, and the money goes to her? Why did it go to the father? Where do we get such an idea? And so the rest of this Gemara is essentially trying to prove that even at that stage, between 12 and 12 and a half, it still is under the jurisdiction of the father, and the father gets to keep the money. How do we know that? So the Gemara will have a few different suggestions and reject them, and then it'll conclude with one final proof. So we'll have uh, we'll have a few different options, reject those options, and then one final idea. Number one, suggestion number one, It says that when she's a Nara, when she's between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half, uh, all, everything, all the Shvach, anything, benefit that she has, goes to her father. We will see what the context is there in a minute. Uh, but maybe that includes this. Therefore, the the 
the money for Kedushin, for getting married, goes to the father. So Lamali typically the Gemara asks, that cannot be what new Rabbi Savia is referring to, that anything that uh, a profit for her goes to her father, because if that's the case, then it will be obvious that anything that she makes in terms of her, her work should go to the father, but it's not obvious. We need a specific drusha. We need to expound upon a verse to tell us that uh, that uh, that anything she makes goes to her father because there's a connection with when she's uh, a maidservant. So then it goes to her master. So so to anything she makes, it goes to her father. It's necessary. But the point is, is that it can't come from that. If if any profit she makes, the, the verse tells us, it goes to her father. So we don't need another source to tell us that anything she makes in terms of... Um, in terms of work, goes to her father. It should have been obvious. So, Elahu Bafaris Nadarmu Dechsev. So, the, the verse, the Pasuk of Nurebe Savia, that anything that's profitable for her goes to her father, it's limited to just the context there. The context there is about annulling vows. That the, the father has a right to annul her vows. And it's limited to that case and that case only. So, but it's not about talking about any, any other profit that she makes. So, we're back to our original question. We just rejected suggestion number one. What's the source? That the father, uh, between the ages of twelve and twelve and a half, receives the the monetary payment for the for the marriage. So the Gemara says, suggestion number two, um, maybe we should learn from Avaris and Dharm, just like the father could annul her vows at that age. So then maybe he could also accept the kedushin, the the payment. No, those are two different topics. We do not learn from monetary issues to from sorry from the Dharm, from vows to monetary issues. But we also know that the father, when she's a girl between the age of 12 and 12 and a half, if she ever receives some knas, something happened to her, uh, where there's now a payment based on a knas, a fine, that fine is given to the father at that age. So where it says, we also, we don't, we don't learn from a fine to monetary transactions. This is a regular monetary transaction. Um, and so we don't learn, we don't learn from there. But we also know that the father receives between the age of 12 and 12 and a half, that the father receives, if let's say she gets uh, certain situations where she's embarrassed or um, somebody does something where it, it, it lowers her value. Um, so in those cases also, uh, the the monetary payment goes to her father. Yomar says, no, those cases are different because anyways, the father is sort of in control of that anyways because since he has the right to marry her off, so then he is really he's he's really in control. He can marry her off to somebody uh, that you'd be completely embarrassed to be married to. So he's basically in charge of that. And so therefore, any embarrassment that happens to her, the payment goes to her father. Okay, so we rejected basically at suggestion two, suggestion three. Final answer. Uh, because so the final answer is that in the end of the day, we're comparing a case where uh, a girl as a maidservant is leaving her master uh, to a case now where uh, a girl is leaving her father's home to get married. And so there's a comparison between the two. And this also applies between the ages of 12 and 12 and a half that, that when she leaves, so then the payment would then go to her father. It goes to her father. And because of that connection, that's how we know. So it says, wait a minute. Um, but they're not exactly comparable. The leaving a, a girl as a maidservant, a minor, 
leaving her master and leaving her father are two different uh, situations. Hayitzia lo hayitzia. Hasam gabi ado nafkalim rishusa legamri. Yitzida vakasi metzrim mesir lechopa. They say when, when, when a maidservant leaves her master, she leaves completely. She's completely free. At this stage of the marriage, when she leaves her father, she's still connected to her father. She hasn't completed the second part of marriage. This is only referring to the first part of marriage. So she didn't completely leave her father to the point where we say, oh, the, the money now goes to the father because she's leaving her father. So now the money should go to her father. No, she didn't completely leave her father. So the answer is no, she really did. Um, because With regards to certain laws, she completely left her father, such as annulling vows. The father does not have complete jurisdiction over annulling her vow once she becomes halakhically engaged. So it's like she left the jurisdiction of her father. So now, at that point in time, when she gets married to somebody else, as a minor, the payment, or as a Nara, between the ages of 12 and 12, 12 and a half, the payment goes to the father. Okay, that, that's the whole point of this Gemara. Really just trying to bring the proof uh, for this idea, based, based on these different psukim, uh, these verses. Let's just read one more line. I know we're above the 20-minute mark. One more line to conclude Memvavim Bez 46b. Shtarubia. How do we know that besides for the fact that uh, there's three ways to have a halakh engagement? One is through the payment, which we proved uh, goes to the father. The other one is a document, and the other one is by them having sexual relations. So how do we know that the father has jurisdiction over that to decide this is now a uh, a marriage? This is the first part of the marriage. Minalan, how do you know that? The Gemara says, Because the Torah says that marriage in general takes place through these three ways, and it's that's, that, that leads to the same conclusion of this first stage of marriage. So they're all connected to each other, just like the father has the jurisdiction over marrying his daughter through uh, through a ring or through some monetary value, um, or whether it's through a marriage document or whether it's through them having sexual relations. Uh, so then the father has jurisdiction over that and can decide uh, whether or not he wants his daughter to marry that person. Okay, this concludes the Gemara. Amavon Bez will continue on with this discussion next week. Uh, with uh, other rights or jurisdiction that the father slash husband has, an obligation that he has that they have towards uh, the father towards his daughter and the husband towards his wife.